Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. Hello everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of Mobile Armor Radio. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Brian. I am one of your other hosts, Chopper. And I am the last host, Rob. <laughs> it, it, like apart from like when we do it where you're you're the main host for the day, Rob, like we should we should change up our yeah. alphabetical order sometimes. I'm always last. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Rob always wants to be last. I accept it. It's my lot in life. It's like I always wind up first or in the middle. I've actually never wound up last. No, oh, you want to be at the back of the bus with me? I don't know. It's where the poop kids uh, sit. Yeah. Should well, we, we say Merry Christmas to everybody? Yes. That's right. Happy it's holidays December, to everyone. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas. The snow is falling. Oh, it is falling. I got destroyed. <laughs> right. yeah. poor, poor Buffalo. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I'm very close to Buffalo. And Six or it was, seven feet. It wasn't that bad because they're on the other side of the lake, but uh, it was pretty bad. Right, right. Too. Wow. Well, we are here on episode 54 of Mobile Armor Radio. And I forget where we are in the season. <laughs> the season r- no seasons. Uh, ranking. It's my plan has finally come to fruition that you can't remember which season you're on. No, we can. What are we? Episode fifty four. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Four is forty eight. No. Uh, two plus four six. Far. So season four, episode six. <laughs> halfway, through, halfway through season four, it seems. All right. Well, I think that's that's enough banter for now. So let's head on <laughs> over to the uh, enough of your banter. Enough, enough of the banter. I am Brian. No banter, Novak. <laughs> exactly. Let's move on. Dropship landing. And I'm, for whatever reason, I'm blanking on the yeah. section titles. <laughs> We're on the dropship. On the dropship. I I, wa- I was gonna say jump ship. I'm like that's not right. <laughs> that's the first part. Yeah. Welcome to the Dropship. This is the part of the show where we talk about our kind of mech projects that we've been working on uh, in the hobby space. And uh, I'm going to throw it over to Rob, since you helped me remember the title of the section. (laughs) What have you been working on? Absolutely nothing, actually. I, uh, yeah, I haven't done anything. I haven't used my 3D printer in a long time. I haven't. I I painted some dice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's about it i haven't done nothing it's it's been uh yeah i don't know i've been lacking in my uh in my doings it's also been a kind of busy week or month with the holidays kind of starting to roll around and yeah well yeah but what's <laughs> how does i explain the other few months but but it's uh yeah it's pretty sad i do have tons of mechs printed that i need to prime uh, the weather actually deterred me a lot of that, that's for sure. Cause, mm-hmm. And I, I broke up my airbrush so I can prime inside, and I just haven't got it set up. <laughs> <laughs> I did buy a bunch of the uh, speed paints from Army Painter, so I've got that going for me. But I haven't used them yet. So, I, 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 yeah, I haven't even used them on my... I was going to say I used them on the dice, but I didn't even use them on the dice. <laughs> it, <it's laughs> so, there you go. I, I'm, uh, I'm tapping out this month. Gotcha. How about you, Pat? Uh, I didn't do too much, but I've done some things. Uh, worked a little bit more on my Neo Zhang. Uh, Picking away at that project. Yeah, that was good. I'm going to fall short this year. <laughs> like I had promised at the end of the year, but I was on a good pace. You and still got I, time. And then it, I just shit fell off. <laughs> uh. You can do it. You think it's impossible uh, to get done by the end of the month? I do. I mean, we got a couple of projects going around the house too. Like we just uh, been helping Sarah trying to get the office finished, uh, and things like that. Uh, and the overtime has been really good at work again. Yeah, I, I suppose so. <laughs> uh, but it's have to say, I didn't work a little bit in the Zhang, and I did work a little bit more in the Scorpion Mech, adding more and more paint to it. It's like I work with the Zhang, wait for things to dry, work in the Scorpion, wait for the dry, go back to the Zhang. Uh, so, I haven't worked anymore. I'm trying to think. Did I do any 3D printing for any mechs? No. Uh, I, 
we're just terrible people. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, we can't be on all the time. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I work a little bit. I mean, I did some touching uh, last year. Last month was rough because uh, I had a lot of a lot of things going on too. So yeah, with the the move and or, or not not move, but like with the trip, with the and remodel everything. and everything, yeah. and the trip. Yeah, so you went on two trips, didn't you? Yeah. Busy, so, busy. Yeah, well, you know. What are you going to do? Gonna do? <laughs> well, it, as far as my hobby goes, uh, it's is more mech tangentially related. Uh, in that, um, those that are familiar with the the show uh, The Legend of Korra uh, might know that there are there there is a giant mech. There are a number of giant mechs in that show. Um, but there is also what could be classified as a giant kaiju. And uh, I bring this all up because in uh, Mantic's Kings of War, which is a big fantasy battle one, there's a, uh, a faction called the Northern Alliance, who I've been painting up as a water tribe themed. And uh, one of the, the models you can have in there is a, a literal giant. Um, and I thought it would be really fun is that if I had... Uh, Cora, when she's in her giant avatar state, uh, to to be my my giant character for that yeah. game. And so uh, many months ago, I had my my buddy Rick actually printed it off for me, and, and I found a model on online that was really uh, a really stellar one, and uh, like it was literally the right height because the the uh, Pat, you might you might know this offhand. How tall is the the mantic giant? It's like a good like almost would you say almost just shy of a foot tall? Yeah, it's probably about eleven inches. Yeah, That's it's tall. it's a tall guy. Uh, and and the three D print that I found of Korra, uh, kind of in this avatar state, was like the right height, <laughs> which was pretty cool. Um, and so it, it had been a project that had just been kind of sitting there for the longest time. Well, I found that uh, when when my wife is is watching football, and I I'm just kind of a casual fan of that. <laughs> Wait, uh, <laughs> this is like the reversal of every story yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so quick tangent is that we we have a fantasy league with the family, and my my method of picking players is if you have a, like a, an interesting sounding last name. <laughs> um, that's how you, you wind up on my team. Anyway, uh, I found that while, while watching football, um, it, it's, we're just kind of next to the hobby room. And so I could work on, uh, painting minis and stuff while the game is on. And so I've actually been able to really make a lot of progress through that, uh, that army. I, I started it like at the beginning of this year and it just kind of, it was painted like it's, it's a massive um, battle kind of game. Like it's a very rank and flank, and so you're you know you have units of like twenty to thirty you know models on on a tray, and so that's that's a lot. Uh, if anyone is listening to the show knows knows anything about me, is I paint very slowly, <laughs> and and when it's en masse like that, it's it just it drives me crazy. Um, but I found that. Uh, not only is that a great uh, time for me to to work on painting, if I can break it into batches of like six models or something like that, that's like my my magic number right now. Is like I can I can paint six models in like you know just a, a couple of hours, get them all ready and set to go, and uh, you know I do that you know two three weeks in a row, and suddenly I have a decent force that I can uh, field in that. But um, but yeah, so I, I did go and I painted up my uh, my Cora you know statue slash giant, and uh, I think it turned out really nice. Um, it did. It was one of those where I kind of got to that point of like I need to stop messing with it because <laughs> yeah. I'll start I'll start making it worse. Yeah, I've always um, I always get to that point and I always make the mistake and keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I I was kind of between two themes. Uh, for the longest time of doing, like in the show, when she goes into this giant uh, avatar state, 
She's literally made of two tones of color, which is like a teal and a white light mm-hmm. teal. Um, and I'm like, there, there is so much, there's a lot of detail on this, this figure. So I was like, I went with one that was a bit more nuanced, um, that, that had different shades of teal and blue, um, throughout like different elements of her, her outfit and everything, which I think gave it a, a lot better definition. Yeah. Otherwise and, uh, it'd be a little boring to have a giant like, miniature that you just paint <laughs> with right, like, yeah. right, a single exactly. color and then just like airbrush some <laughs> light <laughs> right. effects on. Yeah. And, um, and then with that, I, I cobbled together a bunch of 3d models of like ice shards and stuff mm-hmm. to, to make a base <laughs> for it. Cause otherwise like I had, the base that the statue came with was ginormous. Like it actually had like all the elements and stuff swirling about it. I'm like, well, that's not going to work for the game because I need to fit it on a 75 millimeter uh, or a 70 millimeter. And, um, and so I, I found a bunch of, um, you know, 3d files for like ice glaciers and shards and stuff. Um, I think they were from like a Marvel Iceman diorama or something yeah. like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm actually really happy with how it turned out. Um, and it's, it's kind of a nice, uh, little centerpiece for that, that force nice. uh, as I'm building it out. But, uh, so yeah, so kind of just tangentially related, but mostly on the hobby side, like I'm actually painting things. Um, and especially at a scale that I, I've not done before. So <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But yeah, so I think with that, we can move on over to the Comstar and talk about all sorts of other stuff. Yeah, actually stuff to talk about. (laughs) Message from Comstar. I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Dead Zone the Podcast. And you're listening to Mobile Armor Radio. Welcome to Comstar. This is the section of the show where we talk about all sorts of other stuff, uh, such as games, uh, TV shows, anime, comic books, books, you know, everything else under the sun, uh, mech-related that we've been doing. So, uh, Pat, I'm going to throw it over to you. Oh, yeah. There, this is my falling short, is the is the TV and the movies and the stuff. <laughs> I have not been watching a, a, a crap ton of TV. I think my TV watching has been reserved for just catching up on, like, um, your soaps, yeah, or Andor, Andor, and uh, what's the other show that I was watching? Are there any mechs in Andor? Uh, there's ATSTs. Okay, it counts. We know that counts. It counts. Um, I've, I've heard good things about the show. I haven't yeah, had a chance to I, watch. I wanted, to, I wanted to wait till it was over to start watching. So I'm waiting. Yeah, well, it's the, today's the last episode. Yeah, so I'm gonna start watching. Uh, it's actually a really good story. Yeah, I heard uh, it's one of the best Star Wars to date, so I can't wait. Uh, so I've been watching that, and then uh, I like the TV show The Rookie, so I've been keeping up with that. Uh, but there's no max in that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying that to sounds think. like something that needs to change. <laughs> it does, and I, I just need to. I need to. I need to finish the black. <laughs> You'll get there Pacific, eventually. Pacific Rim Black, and just. Uh, uh, my wife is on a, a a ghost story spree TV show, so she's been hogging the TV uh, <laughs> at, like so at night. She's watching like from the beginning, because even when I was there, she was watching that. Yeah. <laughs> so she is. Uh, so then I'm so then I'm relegated to just you know playing video games in the room. So, uh, but none of the video games are playing are mech related either. So, uh, I have not too much and that's all I will say. Oh, how about you, Rob? <laughs> I got a little bit more, uh, a little bit new. So, uh, Battletech announced that at Adepticon 2023, their uh, official launch of the Battletech mercenaries Kickstarter campaign will be happening. So, uh, I know Pat and I will be there. What about you, Brian? You're going to be at Adepticon? It will uh, be. I will be at Adepticon. <laughs> oh no, he, the brightest. The choice. Pharaoh has spoken. You will be. Yep. <laughs> Rick already. Rick already abandoned me, so Brian does not get to abandon. Oh, yep. Rick's not going. Jeez. No, Rick will have to uh, earn his place back into my favor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe between all the time you guys are busy, 
that uh, maybe we'll get the chance to check out the Battletech stuff. I'm sure they'll have a, all the stuff on uh, preview, all the new stuff coming out for that Kickstarter. So can't wait. It's going to be hard because you got to save money for the Kickstarter, but go to Adepticon. But uh, I think we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, also Battletech related, uh, the Humble Bundle this month, which is going to end, I think, first week of December. So you still got time oh. if you're listening. Yeah, I did this. Yes, it's a uh, introduction to BattleTech from Game Catalyst Game Labs. It's pretty much all the uh, new stuff, like for the newest era, uh, in PDFs. And the highest highest level, you can actually get the uh, beginner box. But they they it was so popular, they sold out of the beginner box. So they're not going to be available again. You get a code anyway, so you could use it anytime once they come back at stock. But yeah, <laughs> but I got I got, one, all, I got one you, shipping notice. Oh, you already got you you ordered the uh, beginner box also. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was a great deal. It was like thirty bucks or something like that for, or forty bucks I think with the with the beginner's box. No, it was thirty thirty bucks with the beginner box. Yeah, and it was like twenty bucks without it. So I got uh, without it, but then I I went to like put it all with all my rest of my PDFs that I've purchased or gotten through Kickstarters, and I realized that ninety nine percent of these I already owned, so I paid them twice. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was my uh my uh you know tithes to BattleTech. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing too is I couldn't remember which ones I had, so I was like, you know, what, just screw it. Yeah, I thought, well, I must, you know, I have some of these, but I can't have them all. I literally had them all. There were some newer versions of the ones I had, so it was like probably some errata was fixed and stuff, which is all right. So at least it wasn't a total waste. But uh, yeah, most of it I already had. It's what you're gonna do. <laughs> uh, another thing, just today actually, uh, I was over on the uh, Family of Gamers seven 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 Discord. You can always find that over there. It's uh, a lot of us hang out. And Beetle, our old buddy Beetle, found a uh, 6 to 15 millimeter fully 3D printed uh, combined arms game with mechs all over it. On uh, It's on my minifactory, and I think it's going to be some kind of uh, campaign happening with it. It's called Full Spectrum Dominance, but it's interesting. It's such it's a uh, smaller scale, so it, I'm curious to see how those kind of things print up. Like, smaller scale stuff really is going to be interesting, Like because it's got guys and buildings and mechs and vehicles so obviously the mechs and the vehicles will be fine at that scale but guys on a base i'm i'm curious to see if my printer can even do that so i'll, I'll be trying that out but uh if anybody's interested the links will be in the show notes anyways i don't know how the game plays and i don't know how they print yet but i will by next time i will i will discuss it i'm sure because i'll print some up <laughs> uh personally though i watched uh megazone 23 the parts one and two. There's a part three I haven't watched yet, but I guess it has nothing to do with the first two parts. So, I, I uh, I'll watch it on my own time. But Megazone <laughs> was what the basis of the the uh, Robotech movie was. They heavily re-edited it because I can't see how I've never watched a Robotech movie, but I can't see how this would be <laughs> Robotech. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually uh, how it starts. <laughs> yeah, like this is like other than it's got a motorcycle that transforms into a robot that like kind of like a cyclone, but. Man, it's 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 pretty out there, and it's about biker gangs and and I won't spoil anything because some of the shocks that came, I was like, oh wow, this is this is not what I thought it was. So it's kind of fun. Pretty much, a, a, a young guy steals a high tech motorcycle, and hilarity ensues as always. And yep. it is super violent and sexual. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it was nineteen eighty five. This came out. I was like, dear god, those Japanese, they knew how to live. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, I, yep. I, I was just gonna say, like, I think I remember watching an AMV to this uh, set of journeys. Um, what was it Worlds Apart or whatever? <laughs> it was really good, but yeah, intense. Yeah, some crazy stuff happens, and uh, it's all available for free on Tubi. So if anybody has Tubi, uh, it's free with ads, which is fine. The ads interrupt every once in a while, but it's only I think each each movie was an hour and a half, so it goes pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to always find uh, streaming services that have some anime. There's a lot of anime on Tubi, actually, so I think I, I discovered a lot of stuff on there I'll be checking out. So I'm sure you'll, it won't be the last you'll hear of this. So <laughs> Nice. Also, I'm still reading the uh, Battletech Dark Age novels, and, uh, boy, not great. <laughs> and the thing is, I don't think it's different authors. I think it's all the same authors, and, like, even, like, like WizKids is owned by the guy who invented or started FASA and stuff. I don't know. It was just their whole premise, I guess. They just was terrible, and it is not good. So 
I don't suggest reading any Dark Age novels. It's, I'm sure that's not the first turn, time anybody said that because, the, man, I, I didn't think they'd be this bad, but uh, they're not good. <laughs> so I'll have to get through those before I can get to the new age so I can I can get caught up on the Ilkalian era. So that's what I'm hoping to finally get through it all. But uh, that's where I'm sitting at the uh, full Battletech reading order. I'm into the Dark Age, and it literally is a Dark Age, as we discussed before. So <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it for me. Nice. Well, uh, trying to think of so, so some of the things that I I've been doing lately is I, I did. Uh, turns out uh, I have a new neighbor that uh, is also a major uh, gamer. Yeah, we know uh, you live in an enclave. We've already talked about this. Your enclave of uh, everybody plays some kind of tabletop game. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, in in this in this case, uh, the guy finished moving in. Uh, his name's Chris, and uh, and he actually um, you know. Is really into BattleTech as well, and and nice. a whole mess of other games. Um, but he like finished his move in, and and had kind of put the word out as like, hey, is anybody uh, available to to come and game? And I just happened to have a free weekend, so uh, this last Saturday I went uh, to visit him and uh, checked out his his place. He decided he was he was going to host, and um, and he has he has quite the setup. Uh, enough enough space to have uh, two four by six boards, uh, and he's got his walls lined with sh- shelves uh, for terrain, for minis, and, and divided into sections of like here's Mantic, here's Battletech, here's you know Warhammer throughout the ages mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. And so um, really really nice guy. Uh, had a great time playing uh, some Dead Zone with him. And uh, I, I brought my GCPS to my Gundam list, so uh, as always, uh, so that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, we got two games in. We we both won a won a piece, so that was that's always a good a good start, I think. Had um, he played Dead Zone before, or was that his introduction? He had uh, he had played some of Dead Zone before, um, but uh, it sounds like it was just kind of a small group of them. Mm. And uh, but yeah, he he kind of moved into the area and said, "Hey, I'm looking for Dead Zone, Kings of War. Uh, Kings of War, I think, was is his kind of go-to Mantic uh, game. But then he's also interested in Firefight. So uh, and and we're we're literally like there's three of us that are on the same street essentially, <laughs> uh, all within three miles of each other. So uh, nice. we're gonna get some more gaming in for sure. Uh, and, and with and with that, uh, I did. Uh, I hung out with, with my buddy Scott the other uh, a couple of weeks before and uh, talked about actually getting in. Played some Dead Zone, obviously, uh, but then we did talk about getting some, um, you know, learning how to play Redline. Uh, now that I have the core oh, nice. uh, deck. Oh yeah, did you break that open yet? I, I've, I've taken a quick peek at it. Um, it'd been that thing where like uh, just never never found the time where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna read these rules, I'm gonna figure out what all these things are like it's one of those like do i open these this pack of cards and shuffle them right away or is that important that they stay the same um so just there, there's just definitely to, some cards you have to take out before you shuffle them <laughs> yeah yeah uh so just kind of reading through those rules and and getting the the, the feel of the game and uh going from there so i got a, i got a couple of people it sounds like that would be open to, to trying out that game so uh that's a lot of fun uh Trying to think of other things, I I was meaning to watch that uh, the Gundam Witch of Mercury show because I've I've been hearing like nothing but good. Uh, I can't get that in my it. country, unfortunately. It's, That's it's the one on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's on, it's on, on Crunchy. YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube in the states too. On the uh, um, one of the official channels, anyways, has it. So I think it's well, a, it, it's a few weeks later or something on YouTube than it is on the so, other one. So I think what they did is so I think Crunchyroll Crunchyroll has the main stream of it and I think they they aired this pro a prologue episode and then uh, I think they aired episode one on YouTube but that was it. Oh, they haven't continued. Um, no, I was kind of waiting for it to show up on YouTube and then I was like, okay, well I'll just go over and watch it on Crunchyroll. Turns out they do have it locked behind the price wall or the paywall, and I I I am still on a free account. <laughs> so when I when I got a good amount of free time, I might just uh, flip the switch on the 
14 day trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just take binge watch the show. Watch um, as much as you can that time. That's what I did with uh, the other anime streaming service. I watched everything mm-hmm. I wanted to watch, and then I uh, yeah cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so so I'm I'm kind of waiting for for the rest of that show to air, um, and then I'll see about uh, catching up on that because I, I I'm definitely intrigued by it. the the prologue episode mm-hmm. was really solid, and uh, I'm I'm like I said I've been here nothing but good. Uh, so, uh, definitely excited to check that one out. Uh, trying to think of, I did, uh, start playing, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 again. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of, uh, I think I'd, I'd had the, the hankering since, um, since watching the anime Edge Runners and it's like, eh, just found myself in between, uh, playing other games. I know I've, I've still got... I've got Xenogears on the back burner. I've got Legends of Dragoon I started a while back. Um, and then I got some other other games that I've been playing. But uh, yeah, that's that's one that's kind of fun to, to revisit and, and go back through. And um, now that there's been even more updates to it. Um, and I, I now am the lucky owner of a, a PlayStation 5. So <laughs> I got the, the free upgrade. Um Included with the the digital purchase of it, uh, so I'm playing it on the PS5 this time, and it looks much better. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. It did on the PlayStation 4. Um, functions a lot better too. Um, so I'm I'm happy to to keep playing that uh, that series. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to think that that covers a lot of it. Um, I, I I'm also reading uh, kind of. The last book I'm probably going to read for a while in the Halo series is I picked up uh, or I've been reading um, Contact Harvest, which is a kind of prequel story for uh, Master Sergeant Johnson, um, Master Chief's good buddy uh, that, that follows him through most of his stories and uh, and kind of the first contact with the Covenant, um, mm-hmm. which happened on a planet called Harvest. And uh, so... I've I've been enjoying it. A big a big part of it is the the like the AI um, entities that that are being used because basically it's a big farming planet. So there's like a whole bunch of giant combines practically har- harvesting and running around. And so I'm I'm interesting to see how how that's all going to shake out. But um, but yeah, and then and then I I need to pivot and, and read some other stuff. I've been yeah. reading a lot of Halo, um, and uh, yeah. So I think with that, um, yeah, I think we'll move on to the the Mech Bay Hainer and talk about our topic of the month. Now entering the Mech Bay Hainer. Welcome back to the Mech Bay Hainer. Uh, as mentioned before, this is the part of the show where we talk about kind of a, a topic for the month. Uh, and I got to pick it uh, this time. And so... Uh, with the the upcoming release of uh, the the remake of Front Mission One, uh, hitting the Nintendo Switch here, I, I think it's just in a couple of days from when we air here. Uh, it kind of sparked that that thought again. Uh, I think we even talked about it once in the past of you know uh, remakes and and re reimaginings of of you know entities and games and whatnot. Uh, and, and thought it'd be a really fun topic to, to bring up and, and just kind of go through, you know, uh, remakes of, of games that, that are coming out or, or even, you know, retellings of stories or things like that. You know, any kind of reboots uh, to a, a franchise and, uh, you know, ones that are coming out. And then also if we wanted to just speak to a couple that we would be interested in seeing as well, um, you know, kind of our, our what would be our picks to, to get Kind of a, a relook or revamp, another another glance, uh, and so uh, like like I kind of said, Front Mission One uh, was kind of the the one that kind of brought it to my mind. Uh, I've actually never played Front Mission One. I've I've talked on the show a number of times about playing Front Mission Three, uh, which uh, even to this day, like I kind of look back at it, and it's like was really impressed with what they were able to do. Uh, where they had these two uh, branching storylines 
that branched pretty early on. Yeah, uh, like and two had very separate games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and had very different. Uh, you know, it's a lot of the same characters, but their their experiences are completely different from one another. And, uh, and, and like you, it, it's it's not it's not even like you join the light side or you join the dark side. It's like you you join like the UN trying to solve this you know mystery thing, or you you join these uh, these freedom fighters over here. Uh, you know, for working for China, <laughs> it's like it, it's it's a really uh, fascinating story. But uh, the the gameplay has always been one that uh, I that's always really appealed to me. Where it's you have uh, highly customizable mechs uh, with with just a, a small set of rules that you're kind of working with. You know, the big thing being like the weight uh, of the the mech, and you know what you can carry, what kind of energy you can generate, and you know that that lets you you know determines what kind of weapons you can have and so on and so forth, and uh, and different uh, weapons unlock different like power ups and combos uh, over over gameplay, and uh, and then it's a turn based grid kind of tactical uh, fight where where you go and then the computer goes and then you know all your guys are dead. <laughs> so uh, there's some pretty brutal missions in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm intrigued to see uh, what Front Mission One is like. Um, I don't know if we really got a uh, release of it stateside. Uh, to my uh, it might have been like a Super Nintendo game actually. Now that I think about it. But uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm intrigued by you know Front Mission One. I I think it had it might have been released um, on the Super Nintendo if I remember correctly. So this is it's been quite a while. Even Front Mission Three was on the PlayStation 1 um, and and only kind of exists if you still had it on the PlayStation Network like I did. Um, and so, like, the... Uh, and, and from the footage uh, that I've seen so far, the trailer that they showed, it sounds like they actually do have kind of a classic mode and a more kind of uh, retooled mode for more contemporary gaming. Um, I think that's... Uh, a lot of that goes to balancing because some of those old games could be pretty punishing yeah. uh, with with no, like, recourse. It would just be like, pie, you're dead. Deal with it. And it's like, I didn't learn anything. Like, how do I get better? It's like, you just, it's the luck of the draw. And you, you lucked don't. out. Yeah. So so that's kind of the the, the first one I thought of, of uh, touching on uh, as as far as the reboots going, I'm I'm really excited to to see how that game comes out, and uh, and how well it's received, and um, and so yeah, and I think I'll throw it over to Rob. What was what would be kind of uh, one that you've uh, seen out there now? I don't think I've seen any remakes coming out, but I definitely have a long list of ones I want. <laughs> <laughs> well, e- e- even um, maybe even just like a. Roll back a couple of years, like BattleTech. Oh yeah, the BattleTech game kind of got a huge revamp not too long ago. Yeah, the BattleTech uh, tactics game was is yeah it was never around. But then even MechWarrior Five came out too, which I it's not really a remake, but it was it's definitely a continuation of that series. Those okay. definitely came out for video game wise. I'm trying to think of I anything actually else. meant for the, the tabletop one actually. Oh, too. tabletop too, but it was never a remake. It's exact same game. It's always been. That's the thing about <laughs> BattleTech. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't, that's that's it hasn't our thing about remake. Much. No, it's some errata, yeah. but that's about it. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to think for actual remakes for games. Not so much. Like I'm trying to think. Obviously, uh, we're hoping pretty soon that Robotech will get a remake with a movie coming out. But we'll see if that ever happens, because <laughs> that's yeah, that's uh, yeah, not so much happening. Uh, yeah, Pacific Rim got the got the black, which was nice, but I I can't see any more of that happening anytime soon. So it was it was sort of a remake it was a retelling of a different part of the world i guess but uh it's always hard remakes is uh starting from scratch even even gundam never really starts from scratch they've never really told the original story i guess origin does a bit origin is the closest mm. to a remake i would think that uh for gundam yeah. world cuz it kind or of retells even, um, it yeah gundam seed i think would also kind of fit the bill as they they kind of they they did their own version of it but it was uh, you know, a lot of the same tropes that you saw from yeah. the original Gundam, and I think that was that was kind of what their their goal was at the time 
was, you know, we had Wayne and we had G and, and, and original Gundam had a whole bunch of shows. And so like this was, let's go back kind of to that original core feel of, of child soldiers getting caught yeah. up in a, yeah. in a conflict on a, a giant spaceship. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, for actual ones I'd like to see though, uh, uh, definitely, uh, a game that's for games wise, like tabletop games is dust. Dust kind of went away. It's a, a weird oh, yeah, World you War were, II. You were a big wood dust. Yeah. Me and my buddy Jack got into dust pretty heavy. And it was the mechs are amazing, and it's the aesthetic of World War II, but with mechs is fun. Mm-hmm. But once again, I think uh, the the minis themselves became too expensive to make. I think that was a major issue. And then they they had tried to do things like add Cthulhu to it and stuff like that. I think that really was the final nail, and uh, it just went away. But uh, I'd love to see somebody pick up that IP. They somebody uh, Warlord Games, I think, did. Uh, did a version not the same, but it's a weird world, weird World War Two with mechs. Is that that Conflict Forty Four? Yeah, Forty Seven, I think Conflict Forty Seven. Yeah, so I, I don't. Once again, I think it was based on bolt action, so I don't. I don't yeah. think it was as much the same idea, but really, Dust is is very much like Dead Zone, like before Dead mm-hmm. Zone, very similar. Like other than the line of sight rules are a little fiddly because it's all about the cubes and there's dots in the cubes. You have to like draw a line of sight to that and things like that. But otherwise it was a fun game. I'd love to see that as a remake, but uh, yeah, for, that's, that's definitely one of them. Pat, do you have any remakes you know of, or you want to see? Uh, I don't have any remakes that I know of, but uh, since we're talking about things that we would like to see done, uh, I would like, since we talked about Battletech, I would like them to redo the cartoon. And yeah. do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That that is and just do it right. Yeah, and just do it right. You know, if anything, just to save face. Yeah, <laughs> that that was too ahead of its time. That's for sure. They tried to add all the CGI stuff <laughs> way before. Yeah. Like I think Beast Wars was the same company, but like a year later, and it's like, oh, okay, Beast Wars was kind of the first successful CGI cartoon. Where yeah, BattleTech didn't work was well. It the, was it the same company that did reboot? Ironically. Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was originally those guys, and then they went on to do these other shows. But man, it uh, it really was jarring when you're watching that cartoon, and it goes from like pretty good cartoon, you know, at the time, and then it go into the fight, the battle scenes with terrible CGI, and you'd be like, oh, <laughs> this, this takes me out of the game. That's for sure. Oh, that show. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, it, um, it, it would be interesting to see that, like you know, something like a, a Netflix uh, series or. Or what have you. Of course, the the trick of that is all these companies are are you know cutting their their animation staff way down. So, but um, the the rumor a while ago was that they were they were looking for HBO. I think was looking for a replacement for Game of Thrones, but a sci fi. And it's like, well, here it is. BattleTech be perfect for that kind of world. Well, yeah, especially, a lot of yeah. Just work, and, especially yeah. if you're working with the inner sphere. Yeah, and you could, there's a lot of in, like political intrigue plus fighting, and it would be really fun. <laughs> It would be very expensive, actually, even now with CGI is cheaper, but it's still, it's super. Yeah, when you get away, shows. you could definitely get away without using, involving the mechs. Yeah, or just have a lot less. Like you have like one big mech battle a season or something instead of having it every show. Or so. It's mostly about the political intrigue or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at Game of Thrones and like major conflicts only happen like, you know, I wouldn't even say every other episode, probably like. Every, there was only three real big battles. Yeah, there was only yeah. a handful of big battles. You know, there was small fights in between, but you know, same same kind of concept where you really could. And House uh, of Dragons maybe had one big battle. I don't even think they have more than that. Like it was. Yeah. They definitely yeah, actually budget on that one too. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't mean it was bad. Like it was. It's. Mm-hmm. It's all about the drama, I think. And then BattleTech would be perfect for that kind of thing, I think. Yeah. But who knows? We'll see what happens. We, this Robotech movie has to come out so that it proves that it's successful and then all these other things can happen, but hopefully it won't end up being like Pacific Rim where it was a uh, before it's time, you know? Yes, yeah, for sure. That was the problem with that one. Um, but uh, another one that's, uh, that, that's been on my list and I know I've, I've talked a little bit about in the past, uh, the Armored Core series, mm. I feel like just kind of dropped off the face of the earth and, uh, and that, and you know, that's the same kind of stuff that I, I talked about about liking with like Front Mission Three, except rather than a turn-based 
tactical game. It's a you know third person, uh, you know fast combat um, series that's you're you're constantly moving around, uh, but you have a whole bunch of different weapons at your, your arsenal. You're swapping out parts and whatnot. I think that's that would definitely be a, a great uh, series that could could use a, a nice little revamp. I know I know the company behind it um, is it from software. Like they did Elden Ring, uh, you know they they did mm. they did all those uh, uh, Dark Souls games and whatnot. Uh, so so they've been pretty successful. Uh, and and if if I recall correctly, I actually just watched a little documentary thing on um, a series called what happened uh, what happened <laughs> what happened by Matt McMuscles and, um, and but he, he was talking specifically about Demon Souls but it was the the director of of all those Dark Souls games and whatnot uh, Miyazaki got his start at the company working on Armored Core oh yeah cool. um, so maybe as a and, soft spot for it <laughs> He he might I, I think I think he he does like his his dark fantasies. <laughs> That's a problem. So, I think he could just start on a game like that. He probably got worked to death. He's like, I don't want to ever see a robot again. <laughs> now he's all fantasies. From from the uh, again, I'm going to use documentary loosely. Uh, it sounds like he, while he was supposed to be working on Armored Core, he would be like sneaking around the office trying to figure out what this this game that would eventually become Demon Souls. Uh, <laughs> was all about and, and and kind of snuck his way into be being the, the lead director of that game series. <laughs> Just wanted in there. Yeah, he, he was intrigued and he you know to his credit he worked hard. He made it happen. Yeah, he had to. Um, yeah, yeah. Those, he had those to prove companies it. don't put up with it yet. And uh, and a whole lot of miracles had to come in for him on, on that front. But uh but yeah so I think Armored Core uh would be a, a really excellent series to see a comeback. Um, I think there's there's a lot that can be done with it. We've seen like um, you know the, the the mech combat games like Gundam Breaker and um, Gundam Versus. You know a lot of those a lot of those games have been very successful. So I would love to see one that is not tied to the Gundam IP as much, just because like I, I feel like that it's you, you're kind of restricted a little bit. Yeah. Um, especially the storytelling wise with Gundam it's like you can either tell the story of universal century um, or you could you could literally be like build fighters the the video game where it's all about oh you're you're playing with actual models yeah yeah <laughs> um, it's it, it's gone on so long too that they've they've gone to that well so much that it's hard to think of something new to be in the Gundam universe you know Cause they've already done mm-hmm. it all like they've it's been covered <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah. so it, it would it would be i think it would be a really good breath of of air to uh to the the series uh to to see a new like something like armored core come out but yeah. uh what what's what's your next one rob we'll do a couple each sure uh the other one that i was just looking at on my shelf and i'm like i wish they had done more of this or redone it actually redone it because it's uh the mechs are awesome but the game was eh, it was all right, and that's uh, GKR from uh, from mm. What a Workshop. Amazing, oh, I Max. love I, I love the game. Amazing, Max. But I I think the actual the game is all about doing graffiti and stuff uh, on <laughs> on buildings, <laughs> and I, I'm like, eh, I want a little bit more combat, like full on, and you take the same aesthetic but put it to like an alien invasion while they're doing graffiti. That might be fun, and I. Uh, yeah, I just love the mechs in it though so much, and it, it is amazing. Once again, those those minis must not have been well, not minis; they're full on models. <laughs> they must have been so expensive to produce. Like the game was expensive, but I'm sure they lost money on that game because it is huge and expensive. <laughs> like the fully colored, like amazingly detailed mechs. And, uh, yeah, and plus the weight just to get it shipped to. The... Yeah, yeah, I I, I have a feeling that's why they didn't bother making any more they're like uh we're just losing money on this it's fun it was a fun vanity kind of project but i think they were just like eh they what it doesn't i don't think what it does games anymore they they used to be come to gen con all the time i haven't seen them there so i'm not sure because i think well no i think they let what's the name of that company 
kind of take over as far as that. It's uh, Cryptozoic. Is that who's doing it for them? I don't know if it's doing it for them, but they were kind of partnered with them a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Even on GKR, Cryptozoic is the other name on there. And they were in their booth kind of, right? Yeah, they were they were sharing the booth with Cryptozoic. Yeah. We haven't seen those guys, so I... Uh, yeah, I don't even think the uh, District 9 game, because they did all the effects for District 9. I'm pretty sure they didn't do the game, though. They didn't they didn't have anything to do with the game, so... No, Cryptozoic was on all over that one. Yeah, so that's interesting. But uh, just the, the the design aesthetic, like, Weta brings something to it that is way beyond mm-hmm. regular design, I think. Like, they're... Well, it's, it's unique, is what it is. Yeah, and it's, sure. yeah. it's not something you've seen with any other mech game out there, and... I mean... Mech games all share a certain, a certain core, and uh, Weta just took it to the next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just yeah, the designs and the the colors like they they went all out for all that stuff. So, yeah, fun yeah. stuff. And I, I yeah, I would love to see that come back in some way. With three D printing, there is a <laughs> chance that we'll get this kind of stuff maybe, where these modelers can make games and let their client base print them for them. They don't have to bring them out, but there was something to the full minis with the fully painted and everything. Like, yeah, that's, it's hard to replicate, but that is my next one. All right, Pat, what's, uh, did you have another one? Um, I kind of do. I didn't know if this would qualify because you know, but what's your bastard like fan? I am, <laughs> uh, but we've got a, We've kind of reboot. We've kind of loosely said uh, what I don't want to reboot. What I want is an actual Cylon War Mm-mm. show because the the original and the reboot were post. Well, uh, right, Caprica right. was supposed to be that, but it got canceled, unfortunately. Well, no, Caprica was pre. I'm on, I'm talking about right in the middle. Well, it was supposed to lead into it, right? That was supposed to lead into the war. So. Well, yeah. So that like, uh, it was when they were first being developed and the AIs were taken over, kind of. And yeah, I'm, but you know, and then I would say like, let's go to year two or three. Yeah. Of the hundred years that they they fought. Yeah. Yeah. You know? They did. They did do a little bit of it. They touched a little bit on it with the the miniseries Blood and Chrome. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. uh, yeah, that's right. Because that was Young Adama. Young Adama. But I would like to see an actual full blown war. Yeah. Once they were supposed to do that reboot show, and it kind of disappeared. I wonder if they're still working on that. I think they're still working on it because yeah. I haven't heard that it was canceled. But they—they they always said it. They maybe it wasn't a reboot, so maybe that—that's what it will be. But I think it's going to be. It's because the whole po- point of Battlestar Galactica is cyclical, right? The whole thing is happened yes. and will happen again. So I think it's going to be the next cycle, which is interesting. But I wish, like you, I wish they would have. You don't get many war like. TV shows. I remember Space Above and Beyond back in the day was kind of like that. Yes, that was a good like a sci-fi war show. Like, and even that only lasted a season. So (laughs) maybe that's it. Well, uh, well, no, because it was too expensive. Yeah, that's another. That's 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 always a problem with sci-fi shows. Yeah, that's another ABC show that got that was good. They got axed because it was too expensive to make. Yeah, and they were using and they were using CGI then at that point. Yeah, for sure. It was same with the. Babylon Five almost didn't get their fifth season because of the same reason it was just too expensive. And but they they fought for it and the fans fought for it. But luckily they were able to wrap it up slightly. But same idea where a lot of these shows didn't get the uh, support back in the day. And it still it seems for some reason sci-fi shows still seem very expensive. Like other than like Marvel movies or Marvel TV shows, you don't get much of that kind of stuff on TV much. Yeah. You get more of the like sci like the cyberpunk almost like Orphan Black or things like that. You know are Smaller scale, but the giant scale like that, you don't get many of those. You don't get a Game of Thrones in sci-fi world yet, really. So, yeah, it, Expanse is maybe the closest you've got. Yeah, well, once again, that got, I guess <laughs> it, 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 Expanse got cut short, and Westworld just got canceled. So <laughs> it's saying yeah, a lot. Yeah. True, true. So yeah, and even then, like Westworld was the first season, especially was just a western. Like it barely had any sci-fi right. in it. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's our in. Like it has to be like the sci-fi has to be coupled with something. Yeah. Because uh, I mean that's you know so there's so many of these superhero movies that have been uh, and and TV series now have a huge sci-fi element to them. Uh, but you know if it wasn't attached to 
you know, Marvel, you know, who who would necessarily yeah, watch it? A lot of them fail because it isn't attached to our existing IP for sure. Yeah. And there's a lot like you didn't even hear about, like, you know, there's a lot of little shows, but mm-hmm. I think they limit the how much actual special effects because the budgets just aren't there. So, yeah, you can only do so much with a home computer and blender, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> true. But, uh, all right. Well, uh, the, the last one that, uh, I, I thought I'd, I'd touch on, um, is, is kind of a, another, another kind of, uh, series in a genre of them, uh, is like the Xeno gears, Xeno saga series. Mm-hmm. Now I know Xenoblade. Uh, Chronicles and everything like there's a number of those games. There's a number of these Xeno games, uh, but uh, to, from to my knowledge, like the they aren't quite like the Xeno Gears and Xeno Saga uh, back in the the PlayStation One and Two era, um, which were were very deep sci-fi series. But they they from a gameplay standpoint, they were you're running around as, as like a traditional RPG and then in battle, you can sometimes summon mechs to fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, basically you just hop in and pilot one and, and you know, that's uh, you know, you can then be a person going up against, a, you know, a giant mech and, uh, and have that, uh, you know, the odds tipped against you. So it's, it's a space that I feel like doesn't see it like hasn't had that, that, touch um in, in quite a while to to have a, a a series like that where it's it's for the most part traditional rpg um but that it has mech components to it built in uh so you know maybe it can have a lot of that customization and stuff that we we talk about in, in other things um of course the, the the jrpg uh style of game i feel like is um uh, is kind of been a, a very formulaic one as of late. It, it was, I don't want to sound like the old man, like uh, back in my day. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be that guy. Um, and I will, I will fully admit, I haven't played many new JRPGs. I, I have, I've played a couple of new ones, um, but um, you know, from from the outside, it just seems like a lot of the same kind of style and aesthetic and everything like that. With except with kind of outliers of like the Persona series, uh, I know when I played that, it like it felt like it came out of left field. It was mechanically, it was a lot of the same kind of uh, you know JRPG elements, but like the presentation of it and the um, you know a lot of elements of the the story and setting and whatnot just kind of really set it apart. Um, and so it, it would be really neat to to see that style of game. Uh, with a mech component to it, and especially if it was a fantasy mech component to it, I think you that want, you know you that's something I'm always. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm always looking for like an Escaflone, um, and heck, there there would be a great reboot. Uh, get get yeah, another. It's been a long time for that yeah. for sure. But uh, but I, I think that'll be the cap for me. Uh, Rob, did you have any more you wanted to say? Uh, last one for me would be uh, Aerotech from BattleTech. Uh, it's it's always been like the little brother of BattleTech and a little too tied <laughs> to BattleTech in the rules wise and like making it overcomplicated. After playing uh uh the uh Interceptor game, it was like, yeah, this is what Aerotech should feel like. Nice and fast yes. and and I liked how it worked and I guess you could use just use the <laughs> Interceptor with with the uh change the uh ships to the BattleTech ones cuz that would work quite well actually. But an actual catalyst version of Aerotech, not just the tacked on kind of, Hey, this is how you play it. It's pretty much mechs in space. Like it, I always felt it was way too tied to the actual battle tech game to be a, to be a fun fighting game, you know, like a space, like fighter game, I should say. Like a dog fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want it to be fast and quick cause you don't want to feel like you're trudging along in space in a, in a jet, you know, you want it to be fast. So I always felt that needed a reboot and for BattleTech never reboots anything, so this will never happen. But, but uh, <laughs> hopefully, maybe somebody will look at it. Even like a Alpha Strike version of of Aerotech might work a little bit better, just to be a little faster. But even then, it's still not fast enough. You need the you need the rules. Like it, like I say, Interceptor was like ships would just go down 
you just roll poorly one time and your ship's gone. Like, <laughs> and that's what it should feel like, you know, it should be dangerous. <laughs> have have a flight versus flight and have your ships is getting blasted off from lucky shots and things like that. So yeah, Aerotech for me. And, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I think, it, uh, modifying interceptor to work would, it, that's the, a homebrew version, but an actual official one would be kind of nice. It would be nice. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Pat, you got a last one? I do now. I mean, since you started talking about Aerotech, I didn't have one before. <laughs> and then I was thinking about some of the old things back when you were talking about Aerotech. I would like to see a updated version of The Last Starfighter. Oh, yeah. As a movie or a TV show or what? Movie or TV show, you know. I think it would be uh, a cool. It would make a good TV show. I know a uh, of, uh, a eight episode or six episode TV yeah, show. I think a TV show would work really well for it, just the way that it was. Mm-hmm. It kind of would. It kind of rushed through, the movie, rushed through the story, where yes. you could really build him getting his one pr- side of him going to the to the space and getting used to being in space, and then the, the or, clone or learning you, to be human. That'd be kind of fun. It, it could be you could either do in the reboot, or you can just do the follow up where uh, they're training new guys. Yeah, there's always yeah. gonna be another war. Uh, I know uh, Gary Whitta, who who wrote um, Rogue One, wanted to do. He wrote a treatise for uh, Last Starfighter, and I don't think it ever went anywhere. But he always talks about oh, really? how he really wants. He wanted to get that going, but nobody picked up on it. Who knows who owns the rights to that, those kind of old movies too? Because I'm sure the yeah. company that made it's probably out of business. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually the case, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of those old ones. That, I mean, it's, like, and it's not like the last Starfighter did horribly in the. No, I think it was, and it's well loved. Like it, yeah, like mm-hmm. people remember it fondly, and it was fun. It was a fun movie. So yeah, I would, I would definitely, and have the guy who played Alex uh, come back as the new, like the uh, trainer guy. That'd be kind of fun. That would be cool. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's still alive. That guy. Oh yeah, he was. He's, he's not. I think he's probably my age, if anything. No, I meant he didn't die from a drug overdose or some other. Oh, yeah. no, no. A lot of actors was... die from. Yeah, he owns he owns a, a Rotorooter franchise yeah, now. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, cool. I, I think that's a, a nice little collection of of media in in general. That, uh, and I, I think I agree with all of all of the picks. Like all of these things could really they all have a space. Uh, within within today's uh, you know modern movie going game playing um, and for, you know TV show watching, uh, I, I think it's 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 a space now where you can I feel like things can get greenlit more easily because they can they can be produced in smaller chunks. Yeah, like. Um, even uh, somebody's trying to make a Gundam game, and I, I'm pretty sure it was even licensed. And it's like, well, that's crazy that just some guy in his basement can make a licensed Gundam game, you know? So, yeah, I think it's if you have the if you have the drive and you have a little bit of cash, you probably can do a lot more than you'd expect. Like especially back in the day when you you would have needed huge amounts of people working behind you. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. But uh, well, cool. Well, I think with that, we're gonna we're gonna head on out and wrap up the episode. Let's exfil out of here. All right, and here we are at the exfil, so we're going to be wrapping up the show here. Thanks, everybody, for, for checking it out, and hope you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, feel free to pop over to our Facebook page. We have a, a group there where we have a, a very positive and welcoming community. If you had any uh, you know games or shows that you wanted to, to see get a little bit of the reboot love, uh, feel free to share and, and talk amongst the, the folks there and have a good fun time. We also have Twitter for as long as it lasts, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, so have, have a safe holidays, everybody. Um, you know, be, be careful on the snow when you're driving. It's a lot different than uh, stomping around in a giant robot uh, <laughs> when you have wheels on the ground, so... Uh, you know, be careful out there and, and see you all next year. Yes, Merry yeah. Christmas. We'll be back in 2023. Can you believe that? But a distant future. I want my hover bike <laughs> <laughs> that transforms into a robot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, have a good night, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been Mobile Armor Radio. 
Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at MArmorRadio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.